When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again, and welcome to The Roads with Bo. Uh, this is uh, our New Year's Eve special, part two, because there are that many questions. Uh, this is a Roads Not Taken special edition Q&A, and we are answering a bunch of your questions, so we're going to get right back into it after the break here. Okay, so how many t-shirts do you own? I have no idea. No earthly clue. Three Xerox full. A lot. What is your feeling on books, movies that haven't aged well? Can you enjoy things from the past for what they were at the time, or do you generally just avoid them? Example, The Sopranos, older books. Um, most times, I can still enjoy them. There are some that have, like, incredibly cringy moments, you know, especially if you didn't pick up on it initially. Because it's not just that the the film or the book didn't age well. It, it shows that you were not there yet either because you didn't pick up on it before. I think that's why most people avoid them. Um, for me, I... Change is a part of it. You, I would hope that most older films have not aged well. You know, it shows that we are moving forward. I saw an item that Tesla is recalling all Teslas sold in the U.S. to adjust the self-driving computer programming. Do you think they could also recall Musk? Uh, if that's a serious question about Tesla's relationship with Musk, uh, eventually they're going to have to examine it if things keep going the way they are. Um, you know, I, I recently saw, in real life, saw one of those stickers that says, bought this before I knew who he was on, on a Tesla. There, there's a lot of negative press with Tesla and because of uh, Musk's Twitter antics. How tall are you? I feel like you might be what the kids call a short king, but there's probably a chance you're a giant. Either way, I'm 6'2", and I'm pretty sure if we'd met, we'd be looking eye to clavicle one way or the other. Uh, I am 5'11". I don't know if that qualifies as a short king or not. Several residents of my small, megacentric Southern California city are trying to recall several long-standing city council members. I'm thinking of running to represent my district. Any tips on campaigning in a small city with limited funds? Find an issue that all of your opposition is, is wrong about <laughs> and that is important to the people of the district. Find something that they haven't addressed, that they're not going to address, that their opinion is in direct opposition to a majority of the base. 
uh, of that voting populace. And that's your platform. That key issue is what you talk about over and over and over again. Will you or your wife please join Threads? Or have you both given up on posting to any social media? I'm assuming you no longer use what was once called Twitter. Yeah, I don't use Twitter anymore. Um, I'm kind of waiting for Twitter to completely crash, and then I'm just going to go where everybody else does. Okay. My son is... <laughs> what? <laughs> My son is looking to arm all his gay friends because he thinks civil war is sure to come and it will be rednecks against gays. Well, what about the gay rednecks? They exist. Uh, I thought it prudent for a cute guy in a skirt and cat tail ears to driving around in the middle of the night in a Honda Civic with his husband to carry a handgun. He did this and joined the gun club. Since then, one handgun has taken root and propagated. What is it with guns? Why does this have the feel of addiction to it? Why do people fondle their guns? He keeps trying to get me to join this mindset. You can probably guess my response. Okay, so this is what happens. <laughs> people buy a pistol. They buy a handgun. And then they kind of immerse themselves in that culture a little bit, and they start thinking of worst-case scenarios. Eventually, they realize that the purpose of a sidearm is to get to their rifle, but they don't have a rifle, so they go out and buy one. This is normally where people end up getting an AR or an AK or something like that. Then they realize, well, that really doesn't have the range. For some reason, people, even in areas where there is no clear line of sight for 700 yards, uh, they want to go out and find a rifle that they can accurately use at that range. So then they end up with a long-range rifle. They realize they probably need a shotgun too, and that's what happens, and it just keeps going. And once they're finished with that core set, they say, well, you know, the first handgun I got, it really wasn't what I wanted, and then they go find another one. <laughs> and that's how people end up with just dozens and dozens and dozens of them. They're, they're, I compare them to shoes. They're for different purposes and different roles. Um. So, yeah, it's, it's not actually uncommon. Who are your personal heroes? And who inspired you growing up and or later in life to become the person you are today? It's a list. That is, that's a list. There's, there are a whole bunch of people who... I look at as inspiring in one way or another. And one of the problems with creating a list of somebody that you view as a hero is that nobody should be your hero because nobody's perfect type of thing. Um, as far as people who inspired me, it, it runs the spectrum. And you, I like to pick and choose traits from people. I don't look at anybody and try to find somebody who is... Uh, who is perfect in every way. What would it take to implement and or bring back laws when, such as the Fairness Doctrine, we need to get a hold of all the misinformation in the media 
even YouTube channels that amass a certain number of followers should have some responsibility of what they put out on the airwaves. Your thoughts? I don't think laws matter here. It's it's education. It's we have to teach people good information consumption habits. The thing is, you 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 have this issue because it sells. People aren't accidentally, most people, aren't accidentally putting out a bunch of bad information. They're putting it out because it makes them money. And it gets, it gets the revenue. If we can educate people to the point where they have good information consumption habits, there wouldn't be a market for it because people would be like, this is garbage and stop watching it. Um, I think that would be far more effective than any legislation because there's always going to be a, a way around the legislation. Do you have a favorite action movie, comedy? I know you like The Fifth Element. Is that your favorite sci-fi film? Um, I don't know that. I, see, I'm, it's the favorite thing that uh, I have an issue with. Is The Fifth Element my favorite sci-fi film? I see. I like underrated stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do like The Fifth. That's why all the movie stuff's back there. <laughs> okay. Sorry. All of the Easter eggs back there um, from earlier the, in the first part, I was commenting like I didn't know why they were back there. This is part of it, I'm sure. Um as far as sci-fi that's good, there, there's a movie called Man from Earth. And the entire premise is a college professor is leaving a college. And there's like a going away party. And there's a whole bunch of people in the room, professors with different, different uh, areas of study. And he basically says, I'm immortal. I've lived forever. And he has like an anthropologist, all of these different people in the room who try to poke holes in his story. And I find that one incredibly interesting. What are the phone apps you use most? <laughs> the YouTube ones, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, the normal one, studio, creator, all of that stuff. Um, Can you sell some of the really cool t-shirts you wear, like de-Trumpification? Also, how's the white horse who is so in love with you? I can't remember her name. Marilyn. Um, Marilyn is fine. She's right outside now. Um, let's see. As far as the t-shirts, those are for sale, actually. <laughs> there should be a little bar below, um, if you're watching on YouTube. And... Uh, you can find them there. I'll I'll put a link in the description in case they're not there for whatever reason. Uh, normally, in a lot of them now, there's a little shopping bag icon. I said this in the first part too. Um, but there's a little shopping bag icon that will allow you to like click on it and it'll take you to wherever you can order it from. What do you expect the best thing to happen will be in 2024. Whew. 
I think a lot of long running stories will come to an end finally. That would be nice. <laughs> um, is this a specific one? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe soon I'll do a a things I expect to happen this year type of video and we'll see how it plays out. Are you familiar with Tommy Smothers? Ah, uh, and one of the most famous comedian cancellations of all time. Nixon pushed them off CBS for their work opposing war in Southeast Asia. I'm actually not, but that sounds interesting. I'll look into that later. Thought of Bo the other day when I saw a card with Teddy Roosevelt on a T-Rex. The car Brad walk softly and carry a big stick and ride a T-Rex. T-Rexes are cool. TR on a TR. That would be a very TR thing to do. Yeah. So there's somebody. Um, you know, do not get me wrong. Teddy Roosevelt had a whole lot of faults. But there's also a lot you can be inspired from there. Um and that's that's what I mean as far as it's hard to pick a, a hero or something like that because there are a whole lot of things that Teddy Roosevelt did that definitely disqualify him from that title if you are looking at it through the lens of, well, I mean, in some cases, I mean, we're just talking about basic stuff today, but there are elements in, in everybody, so... This would be a fun thing to share. Where? Oh, it's a link and I can't see it. They just put the whole link in here and everything. Uh, <laughs> what can Europeans do to support democracy in the United States? The stability of our democratic systems is also negatively affected if things get worse for you. We need to have critical mass as democracies in the world as democracies in the world, were authoritarians grab power. Um, there, there's a typo in there. Okay. What can you do? Use your social media wisely and elevate pro-democracy messages. Um, because while, while everybody is focused on Trump in the U.S., there's way more to it. Um, it is spreading and, and it's something that we're, we're going to have to deal with for a while. This is not going to be, it's not going to be easy. The moment for it to be easy would have been if Biden had a decisive win last time, that would have been, that probably would have been a more effective blow against authoritarianism in the U S so. If I should succeed in my New Year's resolution of winning $1 billion, <laughs> how would you suggest I spend it to have the most impact to do good in the world? Um, I would set up one of those. They've been doing these studies um, nonprofits have about giving free cash, just like personal UBI um, to people. And they have had like remarkable results. That may be a way to do it. Something I've always been curious, or I've been curious about for a while, how do you categorize and track your t-shirts? 
Do you have a database or Excel spreadsheet that you use to keep track of them all? No, they're just hanging up there. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a while to find the one I'm looking for. <laughs> would you ever consider doing a TED Talk? What would it be about community networking? I, I truly think that that's the, the real solution is building bases of power at the local level that are not dependent on leadership from the state capitol or D.C. or something like that. It being available in the area means that you know the, uh, you know the issues a little bit better. What is a good book that gives a fair, impartial overview of the Middle East situation? I'm trying really hard to stay out of the debates because I see far too many otherwise otherwise good people getting completely, or maybe rational people, uh, getting completely irrational about the issue, and I want to know facts rather than biased opinions. Um, there's not a book. There's not a book. You're going to have to read quite a few if if you want to understand that, you're going to have to read quite a few that are of opposing views to really get a good understanding of it from a historical level. Um, as far as the moral arguments, those are going to be influenced by your own personal values. But there are a lot of people right now, irrational might be the word, if there was a simple solution, it, it would have been implemented by now. The rhetoric that has existed for the last 50 years, pushing each side towards conflict, is not going to result in a solution either. It's just going to continue the conflict. Um, I would, if you haven't seen it, there's a video on this channel um, about, and I'm standing in front of a whiteboard, and it's about foreign policy dynamics. I would watch that as well, because that is critical to understanding that the strategies being deployed by each side feed into what we're seeing right now. And if the rhetoric continues to be supportive of those strategies, what you're seeing right now will happen again. And I personally think it's guaranteed to happen again already. I think that that next cycle is already primed. Um, it would take a lot to avoid that. And I, I, this is one of those moments where I really wish people understood understood on a deep level the way that type of conflict works, the way a, a small force, large force dynamic really functions. Because I see people who I know want peace using rhetoric that guarantees more war. Um, and it, it's, it is disheartening. Who are the other members of the team? Names and roles. 
Uh, they like their privacy, so no names. But roles, we have somebody that does paperwork, which is there's way more than you might imagine. <laughs> um, we have somebody who fixes everything I break and does, you know, the construction stuff. Some of it you haven't seen before, but this and everything behind me. Um, we have a person whose entire gig is pulling the YouTube video. Like when I'm done recording this, I'll upload it to YouTube. If you see it anywhere else, hear it anywhere else, they did that. I have no idea how it happened. <laughs> um, and then we have a person who helps with like video editing when that occurs on those occasions, um, who helps with, who over the last year has been involved pretty heavily with making the, the book happen. Um, and they're kind of uh, a catch-all. <laughs> um, and then we have a person who makes sure that everybody knows what everybody else is doing and kind of coordinates it all. Um, because of them, I can just focus on, you know, doing the content. Star Trek question. Out of all the episodes you can recall, what was one that you found told the most relevant and impactful story when you see it? And what was one you found the most fun? Um, I Well, it's funny because they're the next paragraph. Also curious to know where the episode that Quark's Bar tries to unionize falls for you. That That's in the most fun part. <laughs> um, I, I really liked that one. Uh, and I answered something similar in the first part of this. Um, but I like the ones that parallel something that occurred or it has a deeper moral uh, lesson in it. I think the one I said in the first part was the one where they did uh, they did the Dred Scott case using da uh, data. I also like the one where there's the... Uh, it's, it's the war. It's Vietnam is what it seems to be. And it's just ongoing. Um, I like a lot of the... The wider story arc in DS9 where, I mean, it's actually, <laughs> it deals with a small force and an establishment force and it gets a lot of the dynamics right, <laughs> actually. Um, I found that enter entertaining. Uh, okay. Your team needs a funner definition of lighthearted and fun. Whenever you say that, I kind of brace myself for the opposite. Like right now, here's my question. To what do you attribute your moral and ethical development? Your intellect, I get, wide-ranging curiosity, honed cognitive skills, but you have a depth of kindness and connection that amazes me. Examples, your recent video on phone calls, your advice to the questioner about his trans female co-worker that skirted the obvious issue of his attraction, your attempt to broker a deeper relationship between the daughter and her career military dad. Uh, it comes from not being a nice person when I was younger. Uh, that I mean, really, that has a lot to do with it. Travel, a lot of mistakes, and actually trying to learn from them.
being greedy at the end of the year, what was your most romantic gift to your wife and what was hers to you? Uh, I gave her the moon. I gave her the moon. I gave her a necklace that is uh, has lunar dust. Um, her ro most romantic gift to me? I don't know. All, all the kids, I would guess. <laughs> I mean... I, I am a very practical person. Uh, I think, I mean, she spent years, years pregnant. You know, we have a lot of kids. Uh, that is, uh, that's a big gift. Oh, wow, this is long. Hi, Bo, love your show so much. I finally decided to become a Patreon member, so I have a question. I'm a progressive Democrat, but because my dad was self-employed and I was the sole proprietor of my own business for a while, I kind of get conservative Republican positions on certain things. My sibling took over my dad's construction business and, of course, voted Republican too. They're staunchly anti-union, and if Satan was the Republican frontrunner for president, they'd vote for Satan despite being conservative Christian. Anyway, the family member believes that there are thousands of immigrants flooding into the U.S. from Mexico, and those immigrants can include people from Africa, Asia, and other countries, not just Central and South America. They say immigrants are swarming into this country. Okay. Just scanning through this real quick. And then there's a request for accurate, unbiased info on employment statistics. Um, because, of course, if you don't know this, on some right-wing outlets, there's uh, they are leaving people with the impression that unemployment is at, like an all-time high, <laughs> which I found interesting. <laughs> um, sibling is transphobic, thinks people are inventing the whole thing. Okay, so this is what you do. And, and there's more, just so you know. Um, the reason why housing prices are so high is because wives are working? What? <laughs> uh, okay. Pick one. Pick one of these. Doesn't matter which one at first. Go through, get all of the information you can. Like for... Um, the unemployment thing, go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics for, and, and go to the actual source information on everything and have it all ready. Pick one of the topics, completely have everything lined up, and then start the conversation on that one topic. Don't deviate from it. Once there is an acknowledgement that the information that they have is wrong on that one topic, then, and only then, after you give that a bit to digest, come back and start with topic two. Um, and just, you're, you're teaching, basically. And an important part of good teaching techniques is allowing the information provided time to digest before giving them the next thing. And it also makes them less defensive you're not asking them to forget about everything that they believe is true. You're focusing on one thing. 
that would be my that would be my my suggestion. Hey Bo, first off wanted to say thanks as a trans man who's pretty disillusioned with my adopted gender. You've consistently been a model of the kind of man I want to be. But I'd love to know what's your favorite album? An album people wouldn't expect you like. Um, oh, that's three things. Okay, what's your favorite album? An album people you wouldn't people wouldn't expect you like, and an album you'd recommend to someone who wanted to get to know you better. I don't know that I have a favorite album. Um, an album people wouldn't expect you to like. Cheap and Evil Girl by Bree Sharp. Um, an album you'd recommend to someone who wanted to get to know you better? I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I've, I've got nothing on that. As you stated, I will ask a simple question. In 30 seconds, can you explain to a Canadian, do people actually get accountable vote in the U.S. federal elections, or is it more like three-card Monty? <laughs> Theresa mind, I cannot for the life of me understand how some members of the House or Senate get elected. Okay. So, in federal elections, they're done by districts. Those districts are often gerrymandered. Um, so you end up, in, in some cases, you will end up with candidates who play to the least informed in that district, and there's enough of them to win. That's part of how that happens. In wider federal elections, in a lot of states, they are, they're not competitive. Um, like a, a Republican is not going to win California, okay? Um, so the Republican votes in California, those who vote Republican for president, I mean, sure, they're counted, don't get me wrong, but because of the electoral college system, they're counted, they're tabulated, but they're not going to impact the outcome. Um, so, again, it comes down to education for when you're talking about the House and the Senate. The reason you end up with, let's just say, more entertaining characters in the House is that Senate races are generally statewide. So it, it's harder to play to the least informed. You, you have that. That's why you tend to have people who are more politically savvy in the Senate. What's your perfect day? I, I mean, work, hang out with the kids, play with the dogs. I'm. At this point in my life, uh, my uh, my requirements for perfection are pretty mundane. 
what would your last meal be if you had to choose? Um, man. I would want to go to a restaurant called McGuire's <laughs> and just eat a whole bunch of stuff there. <laughs> Who is your favorite Star Trek character and why is it Garrick? It is Garrick. Um, I, I find a certain amount of relatability um, there. Why don't hybrid manufacturers put flex fuel engines in their cars? Sent a letter to the manufacturer of the hybrid I own and got a bland letter back thanking me for my interest. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I am, to be honest, I've never even looked into it. I don't know. I'll see if there is some economic reason that uh, it occurs. What are your thoughts on comedians like, and then there's somebody named, who have been progressive on many issues in the past, but seem to fill their routines with insensitive bad jokes, though occasionally make a good point? How often can a joke about race, sexual identity, or gender status land in a way that is acceptable? I asked Trey this question, too. Um... See, I don't know. Like, my sense of humor is very dry, uh, very... <laughs> it is very sarcastic and dry. So most of the jokes about any marginal... They don't land with me anyway. <laughs> um, like, it's never been something that I've, I've really found that funny. Um and when you're talking about when progressives do it, I mean, I feel like a lot of them may do it for the shock value, you know, because there was a whole period in time where that was comedy, saying the most shocking thing you could think of. And there's still elements of that left, so that may have something to do with it. Um Do you have any thoughts or advice on encouraging progressives to get interested in agriculture? I'm young and I really care about preserving rare heritage poultry breeds in the U.S., but every time I talk about it, people either shame me for not going fully vegan or assume I'm from the country and therefore don't know anything about progressive politics. Yeah, I get that one every once in a while. Um, let's see. You know, we talk a lot about community gardening, and there's a you know video that's in produ production for like seven years on it. Um, I think it would probably be best to approach it from a position of breaking reliance on the system and reducing uh, carbon might be your best route. 
how do you get your beard to fork like that? I had to, I play with it when I'm talking and it just does it naturally. <laughs> um, let's see. Where do babies come from? <laughs> what? The, uh, the baby store, obviously. Thank you for being so awesome that I can listen over the speaker while the kids are in the room. Yeah. Thank you. Love the elf on the shelf with the mugshot of the former guy. <laughs> is the New Year's Eve party overrated or underrated? What headcount is just right for a party? Either incredibly small, like six people, six to eight people, or huge. No middle ground. There's no middle ground. Um, that, that's my opinion on, on party size. Either something where there can be a lot of conversation and, and a lot of interaction and people get to know each other better or it is huge and you are typically for me that's when you're introducing different social circles and trying to bring them together is it ethical to use the same conspiracy theory techniques to deprogram MAGA as we're used to program them in the first place um ethical I don't know does it work that's the more important question right there um, I personally like to try to promote good information consumption habits and not lean into any theory although there have been times and we have joked a lot about setting up a channel that is doing literally this. Um, you know, who <laughs> using the, the constant fear and paranoia of the right to direct it towards positive causes. <laughs> um, it, but it's, it's always been a joke. I've never, I don't know anybody who's actively tried it before. <laughs> Not a question, but an invitation. You mentioned once about coming up to PA. I live in Northwest PA, fairly rural. That would be cool. Um, yeah, there there is a a plan for. A, I don't know if tour is the right word. I'm going to go on a road trip, um, and it's going to, it will put me relatively close to most people in the United States at some point during this trip. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Fun. If you were forced to choose... <laughs> fun. If you were forced to choose... Yeah, I don't know that. Um, if you were forced to choose one year to live in with your loved ones, Groundhog Day style, what year would you choose? Probably 2022. I think maybe 20 I, I maybe this year I don't know <laughs> Bo my kid is 19 I have aimed to raise a conscientious citizen and still importance of voting in them as my parents did for me my kid was proud to have voted for Rev Warnock in the first election last year 
while we were in line, I almost got thrown out for stage whispering, do you know a werewolf can kill a vampire? And the poll worker shushed me, no political discussions. Oh, wow. The fact that that is interpreted as a political discussion in that race is something else. So, Bo, my kid could use talking points about what the Biden administration has done that will tangibly help pe the people of their generation. Their goals include to choose a career fit for the future, complete their education, buy an electric car, switch to solar and more eco-friendly energy, and protect individual liberties like choosing who to marry. Well, I mean, actually, on most of this, he's done all right. Um, can you help refine the elevator pitch to their peers? Uh, I would say the infrastructure development and kicking off the transition to greener energy is is a big thing that is going to matter to them a lot, whether they realize it or not. I know that's not incredibly, uh, you know, that's not soundbite worthy, but that's going to be a huge impact. Um, something that is more soundbite worthy is that we have, uh, I have a video going over like how much he's actually forgiven as far as student debt. And, you know, there's a lot of people of that generation who are like, well, he didn't get everything. No, he didn't, but he's gotten a whole lot. Um, and I think that maybe understanding that opening the door to forgiving that much means that others are going to try to to duplicate it later. Um, even if they don't, even if he doesn't get it, the way that he wanted to. He has done so much in small amounts that the end number, it's going to be very hard for a future president to get pushback on how much they forgive because, you know, he did $100 billion. Um, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. I actually think it was more than that. I think those would be the two that might work. What inspired you to have the Curious George Velcro patch and turn it over when being sarcastic? Um, the the Curious George patch, it, it's a, a remnant from days gone by. <laughs> uh, I have a video on it somewhere. It was a mascot of a group that I belong to. And... Uh, my kid liked Monkey when he was little, so it all came back out. Um, and as far as turning it over, it I needed some way to identify that there was a big bait-and-switch going on, or I was being incredibly sarcastic, or it was satire, or something like that. And that was just something that was easy to do. I've lived abroad for nearly 15 years in multiple countries and keep wondering when Americans will finally wake up and realize how bad <laughs> how bad things are for them in favor in, in giving trillions in funding for war, foreign interventions, tax breaks for the wealthy, etc. Is it due to a lack of international knowledge and travel, selective ignorance, highly effective distractions? Yes. All of that. 
travel is is one of those things. You know, it, it is an ignorance killer. <laughs> it's it's a prejudice killer. It, it's and it is not something that most Americans can afford. You know, I mean, most people in the U.S. When you talk to well-traveled people, a whole lot of them, how did you go to all those places? Well, I was in the army. You know, it's not something that most Americans can afford. I think even travel within the U.S. would be incredibly enlightening for a lot of people. And then there is selective ignorance or cognitive dissonance at play, where they've been told something so long that when they get information that contradicts it, they don't want to accept it. And that plays into it. Um, and then we do have highly effective distractions that serve as control mechanisms, basically. They keep people pointed towards each other, you know, fighting over the, the last cookie type of thing. There is a lot of talk from the usual talking heads about states seceding. <laughs> My question is, should the rest of the U.S. just let them? See how it works out. Um, the U.S. can't stand a breakup. The, if, if the U.S. was to break up, it would turn incredibly ugly incredibly quickly. Um, it, it would get real bad real quick. So... I don't think so. I, I don't think that's the route to go. Uh, Carter installed solar panels on the White House roof only to have Reagan remove them. Why hasn't any president since moved to reinstall such panels? Wouldn't it be a great way of leading by example? I mean, yeah. I, I don't have an answer for that, but yeah. When when Biden was elected in 2020, I assumed he'd be the equivalent of a Band-Aid, something to stop the bleeding caused by Trump and stop the wound from getting infected. Worse, while a better, younger candidate was found. However, despite some failings, would it be fair to say he surprised you as he has me by exceeding expectations? Uh, yes, but I... I don't think people really understand how low my expectations were. Um, he has, obviously, there are major failings that I see. Um, and there are, have been things where I know what the end goal was, and I know that they tried to do the right thing, but it didn't, it didn't come off. You know, it didn't happen. And you can say, well, you know, he tried, but at the end of the day, it didn't work. And you have to count that. Um, but overall, yeah, he, he, is, he is better than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> um, okay, another long one here. Dear Bo, I only started paying for no ads YouTube because of you, and now that I've stopped working for money, I'm watching mostly YouTube, which has substantially dis diminished my attention span. And to my great disgust, now causes me to pay to watch in-video ads, which I skip through. 
So what was the point of paying premium? Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. So first, thank you for not doing that or marketing your own vitamins or whatever. <laughs> Second, I think I know the answer. Should I unsubscribe from the $14 a month and put them into the Patreon kitty for those few YouTubers I support? Uh, I did like Big Red Kelt at your suggestion, but it seems like he's not making videos. He'll be back. He'll be back. Um, anyway, lastly, it seems strange that at this point in my life, I'm turning to a source like YouTube for so much information. What's your thinking on the future of the social media media horizon? Will YouTubers organize? Is Google undermining the existing media unions? What other platforms are reliable places for the desperate kinds of info we need to understand? You know, when to stockpile and when to pack the bags. Okay, lots of questions. Um, yeah, as far as the, the in-video ads, people do them because the, the amount they get for doing them, it's not a small amount. It, it really isn't. We don't do them on the main channel because they're most people or most companies that want one of those ads like in the middle of the content. They want, you know, 60 seconds. Some of my videos are only four minutes long, you know, that, that doesn't fit. Um, and then as far as on the longer format stuff, the other thing that has happened is the ones that we get offered, there's only been two in the years that I have been doing this that I have even remotely considered. Um, we just, well, I don't want to say because I would, they're, they're not like bad companies, but like, it would be like, here, can you advertise macaroni and cheese? Like, how does that fit in with our content in any way? <laughs> um, it just it just doesn't fit. And there's only been two that have ever even come close. And one I'm actually kind of considering, but it would be on this. And it would be something that I think y'all would find useful. But I'm not, I am not through evaluating it yet. Um the then should you unsubscribe? Uh, so the YouTube ads, like the ones that you might be able to skip or whatever, and the in video ads, those are two separate things. If so, you, if you stopped the fourteen dollars a month, you'd start seeing those again. Um, the Putting it in the Patreon kit. I, I think it would be, you know, that's six one way, half a dozen the other. I don't think that that's going to have, I don't think it would have a marked difference on your viewing experience or for the creators that you, you'd be supporting that way. I don't, I think whatever is best, whatever you feel is best. Like, I don't think that there's a wrong answer to that one. Um, will YouTubers organize? So this is interesting because this is something that came up recently. Um, I don't think YouTubers, as in the people that you see, I don't think that that's really on the horizon. 
but the people who work for the people you see on your screen, I think they might, um, because there was a there was a conversation that some of the people on this channel uh, were a part of, and it, it it let's just say it made me feel really good about the working environment that people have <laughs> um, here, <laughs> because the the rates of compensation in the general environment is not it is it is not uniformly good for people um now admittedly a lot of the people that they were talking to they're not they were working for channels that weren't political in nature certainly not those that lean left that you know value that kind of stuff um but i i could see that happening um a after like i wasn't a part of the conversation but i got bits and pieces of it later and it it would be uh wise of youtube creators the personalities who are on screen to to treat the people who are off screen a little bit better because that's uh those conversations are already happening <laughs> so okay what other reliable what other platforms are reliable places so that's actually one of the things that I'm reviewing is a news platform um and I'm I'm looking at it and it's it's interesting. I don't want to talk about it yet, but it, it has a cool concept. Um, and it, it would be especially useful for people who like to read their news rather than listen to somebody. Um, right now, with Twitter going the way that it did, YouTube is kind of your best bet. That's I mean, that's where, well, no, I mean, because you can also get a lot of it on podcasts. If, you, if you're somebody who likes getting their information via audio, you could do it that way too. Okay. Bo, what did you think of the Beatles now and then single in video? I found it refreshing to have this gift of new Beatles material with a positive message after a long year of chaos and angst. Hope you wear the proper t-shirt to answer this question. I don't get to know them ahead of time. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so the now and then video. The video was cool, but honestly, it, it seemed sad to me. Like the video, the music, it, it was sad. It was sad. I get what you're saying, and I liked it, but it it was sad. Um, we know that you sometimes prepare date agnostic videos to air on slow news days. What's the longest one of those videos? What's the longest that one of those videos remained in the backup pile before airing, and what was it about? Oh, I have no idea what one was about, but I mean months, months. Uh. -oh. Oh, I can think of one that just recently got used. There was a video that was talking about the way 
men feel like they can survive in survivable situations. Um, that was a big part of it. And I recorded it around the time the the sub at the Titanic ceased to be a sub. And it went out probably in the last 60 days. Um, that, that one waited a really long time, mainly because I forgot about it. And uh, then a lot of the... A lot of the talking points wound up resurfacing, so it got to come out again. A little context before I get to the question. One of the reasons I started watching your YouTube videos regularly is the length, not because they are short, but because they are exactly as long as they need to be, which is funny because that's where that comes from. Uh, it is something an and an editor at a news outlet told me once when I asked how many words, I don't know, how many does it take to tell the story? <laughs> um, okay, so not because they are short, but because they are exactly as long as they need to be. I don't want you to start asking us to like, subscribe, and comment, but I'm sure the almighty algorithm punishes you for this. I know you like that engagement is driven by your community and the comments and otherwise, but it would help for you to talk about it from time to time. Many viewers probably don't know that in addition to liking, subscribing, and turning on notifications, the algorithm is driven by comments, comments, on comments, sharing, and watching the video through to the very end. Okay, we have finally reached the question. Are you okay with your community driving YouTube engagement by occasionally making you... <laughs> well played. <laughs> by occasionally making you... <laughs> Read about these things in a Q&A. Nice. Yes. So when you like, subscribe, um, comment, reply to somebody else's comment, um, and turn on your notifications, it does help the channel grow. Um, and I don't say that because it, it messes up the flow of the videos. <laughs> so... No, I, I don't mind. <laughs> I, there are times when I enjoy getting, uh, getting, getting, you know, played like this. There's, uh, I am really bad at my own advertising. <laughs> Bo, I'm a mom of a gaggle of kidlets and always have a collection of hilarious quotes by the end of the year. Is there a particularly memorable one? you could share with the internet people. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's quite a few, actually. Um, I See, I don't know, because like the ones that I find memorable are normally when one of the little ones picks up something that they shouldn't have picked up from somebody who was around. Um, my... Uh, my eldest daughter was decorating something. And my youngest daughter, who had just spent a lot of time around people who... Uh, <laughs> she walked in and was basically like, that is absolutely beautiful uh, female dog. Like, and not in like a derogatory way, but in like a... 
you're my best friend kind of way. And keep in mind, my, my youngest daughter has no idea what any of this means. And to me, that was hilarious. I, you know, I know that I couldn't laugh or do anything like that. My wife was horrified, partially because, you know, it was, you know, her friends. Um, but, but to me, that was very memorable because everything about her tone and the way she said it, like it was just, it was perfect. It, and it just, it cracked me up. And then I got in trouble because I couldn't not laugh. So that one's probably most memorable. Okay. Okay, Bo, I'd like to be funny, but I've lost hope this year. Work fell out in May, and as a 54-year-old woman with transferable skills, I seemed to be pretty easily ignored. Instead of working in my $60,000 a year field, I'm working at a local supermarket, not for lack of trying for sure, but the hiring process is broken. I feel left behind. AI seems to be doing nothing good for this process. I feel like businesses think AI will solve all the needs for paying people that they consider just grunts, customer service people, bankers, etc. My husband thinks that a universal wage will need to be paid if a if AI that's over as many jobs as big business seems to think it will. What are your thoughts? Um, so for my world, um, AI is not good enough to do what people think it is. <laughs> um, for what I do, it doesn't have a whole lot of impact because it's, it isn't AI. It scrapes information that's already out there. That information has to be created by somebody who, who analyzed it. it. It's just not there yet to impact my world. That being said, yeah, if a, if a large enough percentage of people are impacted by that, yeah, UBI, a, a, a basic income is going to have to become a thing. They're not going to have a choice. Um, so for me, because my field is, is very much insulated, you know, there have been news outlets that have tried with like basic stuff like sports and it has just, it has been an unmitigated disaster. Um, in my field, it just, it's not there. So I don't see... I, I don't have any personal contact with those issues. Um, but I can see with customer service um, and quite a few other industries where it is going to cause, it's going to cause an issue. And it, the the lack of income for the people impacted by it, it's going to have to be addressed. They're, they're not going to have a choice. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? hundred duck-sized horses, easy. But really, what's the most ridiculous altercation you've ever gotten into with a non-human animal and who started? I mean, honestly, to me, the deer here, and if I know I've told this story before, but if you haven't heard it, I, I, I left 
and I'm walking out and I'm walking through the uh, through like the garden area and around the corner of this little greenhouse and there is a deer standing there and I'm looking at it it's looking at me it doesn't appear spooked so I just kind of like well I'm gonna pet it and I reach out and it lets me pet the side of its face and everything's fine and it's just this very zen moment and then another deer comes crashing out of the tree line scares the deer that's beside me who then rears up and takes its front hooves and just hits me in the chest <laughs> knocks me down wheezing um that to me is the most ridiculous because it went from i'm a disney princess petting a deer to i just got beat up by bambi like in the blink of an eye um I think the only one that really comes close to that is something that happened years and years and years ago. I was walking along like the side of this lake in central Florida. There are gators in this lake. There is this husky that is running away from a woman screaming his name. And he's running towards me and he is going in the water. And I know that there are gators nearby. Like he's right on the edge of the water. So I just reached down and tried to grab him, and I get my fingers under his collar. I assume he is going to stop. He does not and drags me into the water with him. And I look over when I'm in the water laying down, and I can see a gator. Not like super close, but closer than I want it to be. So I grab the dog and we roll up onto the shore and we stand up and both of us like run away from the water, like instinctively believing the gator is chasing us or whatever. And we turn around, both me and the dog, and look back. And of course, the gator's just hanging out being a gator in the water. And the dog looks at me and I look at the dog and the lady who was chasing him gets closer and he takes off running again. And the lady runs right by me. <laughs> Um, that to me was really funny because then I had to, you know, walk back to my apartment covered in swampy lake water. Um, okay. Maybe not lighthearted, but seeking hope. I have a friend who's still very worried because he hears that Trump has a good chance to win the Republican candidacy election overall. I've tried to convince him otherwise, but I also know that it is a very real fear and don't want to seem if I'm as if I'm making the mistake of not taking him seriously. Can you make a clear, concise case for why things don't look good for Trump? Okay, so... Trump's behavior is becoming more and more erratic. His statements are becoming more and more off. Trump didn't win last time. Despite the, the coverage that is currently out there, I do not believe that independents are going to go back to him. I, I, really, I don't see that happening, especially because I personally believe he's going to become even more erratic as all of the different proceedings speed up. Um, right now, because of the polarization in the media, you have 
you have a lot of people who are wish casting what they believe independents are going to do. And Trump cannot win with just the MAGA base. The numbers are not there. He needs the independents. If the economy is doing well, as it appears it's going to be, I don't believe I, I don't believe that uh, things are as dim as, as a lot of people seem to believe they are for Biden. Um, I know in in my world, which is a little bit further to the left than most even liberals, I know that there are a lot of very unhappy people, but there's not enough of them to outweigh the independents. So I, it's a year out, you know, it's still a ways away. I don't, uh, I don't think it is time to worry yet. I think it's time to work, but okay. Firstly, thanks for what you do. Silly question, I suppose. Compared to the others being posed, you do so much for others. What do you do to refill your tank, so to speak? Oddly enough, this, this, this itself, actually, um, this isn't draining to me. This is very rewarding, so it, it does fill my tank. Bo, as a left-leaning Canadian, I find your content gives a really good, even perspective of what's realistic and what's likely to happen. Our federal elections are run by an independent, nonpartisan agency, Elections Canada, which has its pros and cons, but more pros, in my opinion, at least for a multi-party country like ours. Do you think that something similar would be a good idea in the United States, or would that be seen as federal government overreach? And on a lighter note, have you ever tried real 100% maple syrup on French vanilla ice cream? I have not. <laughs> Answer that one first. That sounds that sounds like it would either be delicious or just way too overwhelming. I don't know which, but it sounds like worth a shot. Okay, as far as a a truly independent nonpartisan agency that oversees everything, would it be a good idea? Absolutely. Would it be seen as federal government overreach? Absolutely. It's the United States. Everything is federal government overreach. Um, I think we're a long way off from something like that. I don't think it's a bad idea, though. You're my most trusted source of information. I'd like to hear your thoughts on what, if anything, all of us should do to prepare for another possible Trump presidency. If you're part of a marginalized community, I would have a plan on how to leave. Um, I don't think it's likely, but I don't... Having a plan like that doesn't hurt. Curious as to how many emails you receive on average in a week or month. And there is actually an answer from the person who <laughs> who goes through all of these. 2,000 to 3,000 per month. 
Wow, that seems really high. <laughs> That's a lot. Okay. Um, hi, Bo. Happy impending new year. I will ask a serious question and a lighthearted one, too. Serious question. Every day now as we see things taking new and seemingly devastating turns for the former president, yet his delay tactics still seem to be effective, and he seems never to run out of motions. What, if anything, makes you think the lumbering machinery of our bureaucracy can respond to the threat in time before the fascist seizes power? Sub-question to this. If SCOTUS does uphold his immunity claims, why do I feel like Biden's idea of patriotism is institutional enough that he would hand over the reins of power? Um, okay, so that wasn't fun. Fun question. Do your own Easter eggs... Okay, well, we'll, we'll go to this one first. Okay. Um, the machinery, you know, it does... It moves slowly, right? But now, all of a sudden, you're having a whole bunch of cases hit for New York and for the lawsuits related to January 6th. And they're all moving forward right now. Those, those were very delayed, and he still he couldn't do it. He couldn't keep them delayed enough. I, I don't know that he's going to be able to delay all of these cases for as long as he would need to. And realistically, only one of them is going to be necessary to sink him. Um, I actually think that if the vote came back and it was in favor of Trump, Biden would absolutely hand over the reins of power. That's, um, I think that that is, is something he would absolutely do in, to preserve a peaceful transition type of thing. Okay, so that wasn't fun. Fun question. Do your own Easter egg props ever crack you up? I am remembering the fact that I had to rewind more than one of your videos because the big stuff Curious George was gagged with electrical tape. How much glee do you get in deriving such little touches? A lot. A lot. It cracks me up. And I like it when I can slip one by some of y'all, too. Um, so, okay. Wow. That looks like it. All right. So, that's it. Happy New Year. There's a little bit more information, a little bit more context, and having the right information will make all the difference. I hope y'all have a great year.